Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1417. Today on Cars Yeah, we continue our celebration of the second annual Cigar City Concord Elegance that takes place November 9th and 10th in Tampa Bay, the Downs Horse Racing Track. To learn more, go to CigarCityConcord.com. Chop your own firewood and it will warm you twice. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Spring Hill, Florida, Michael Thompson. Hey, Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready and excited to go. And actually, Michael literally is because he's recording this from his car today. So <laughs> I hope you are buckled up. Just pull over to the side of the road and we'll have a nice talk, okay? Absolutely. All right. Michael Thompson is the field coordinator at this year's Cigar City Concord Elegance that takes place in Tampa, Florida. His passion for all things mechanical covers everything from steam trains to supercars. In his formative years, he developed a strong affinity for vintage Fords, especially anything with a flathead V8. Mike spent most of his career with the Ford Motor Company at the dealership level in parts and service. He's very active in the car hobby and today operates a workshop where he helps hobbyists that need specialized mechanical work on flathead Ford engines, transmissions, and rear axle refurbishments. Michael, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about your life, your career, and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Sure, Mark. Thank you. And thanks for that nice introduction. You're welcome. Also, uh, before I start, I'd like to thank you very much for having and doing what you do and having this resource. I I recently 
uh, was introduced to your site and um, have been able to go back and listen to some of the stories, and they're absolutely wonderful. It's a great resource for any car enthusiast, and uh, really the stories that people tell, that, that's such a medallion. That's the best part about uh, this hobby. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's about the people. About yeah, cars are just the, the catalyst that bring us together, but I do appreciate the kind words. And uh, today, you and I will inspire listeners out there, automotive enthusiasts who love everything about cars. So thank you for your time today. I know time is the most valuable asset that we all have. And I have a lot of great people who've given me a lot of great time. So thank you. Thank you. You bet. Well, anyway, about myself, I started at a very young age. I, uh, my father was in the automobile business. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I was in the uh, Ford area or Ford end of things. I worked at the Ford dealership level. But it all started really with uh, my dad. I followed in his footsteps. He he worked in Ford dealerships, and uh, I uh, learned about uh, cars from the, the base and elemental levels and kind of worked my way up and got into it. And that's how I spent my life uh, working, most of my life, working life uh, in the uh, Ford dealership business. And um, from a very young age, I knew that I was hooked on cars. I just loved the shapes. I loved the colors. My toys were metal, and they were like miniature real cars back in the day when, when I was a kid. The the toys were still metal. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just like our cars. Me too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I really, you know, I was hooked at a very young age, and uh, I had a great mentor. My father was was my, both of my parents were great, and my father, in, as far as the automotive side, was was a wonderful. He was a practical man in the automotive side of things. You know, we we rode around in station wagons and four door sedans. But when he was younger, he was into coupes and convertibles. And I really appreciate uh, the legacy he left and what oh, I've been yeah. able to garner from him. Absolutely, sounds great. Well, as we continue on your journey, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has some meaning for you it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so michael grab the wheel that's an easy one uh this one i i, I really love to read quotes and inspirational um, um proverbs and things like that but one has stuck with me my whole life and uh, again my father mentioned this and i heard this from him first but he told me it appears on henry ford's mantelpiece above his fireplace at the at the Fairlane, his estate in Dearborn, Michigan, and uh, I, th I believe this is credited credited to uh, Henry Ford's friend, Henry David Thoreau. It reads, "Chop your own firewood, and it will warm you twice." And I and I just <laughs> feel like that that is such a great way to look at life. Well, in a literal sense, it's true. For me, it captures you know the American spirit. Uh, I can imagine, you know, pioneers and trailblazers and risk takers reading that quote and uh, having that mean something to them. It just really, it captures the essence of life for me. Yeah, it's a wonderful quote. I like it in, in so many ways. And it also has a lot to do with learning how to take care of yourself and not having to rely on other people. Uh, that Absolutely. You can, you can do things yourself and, you know, you don't have to uh, worry about uh, having other people take care of you all the time. And that very much kind of a, embodies the American spirit and the entrepreneurial spirit as well, is that you can create things on your own and do things on your own and uh, and take care of yourself and your family. It's a great quote. I didn't know that was on his mantle. So uh, that's a new one to me. So I, I like that quite a bit. And you'd think that he could have been friends with Thoreau because uh, they were back from the same time period, I believe. Uh, someone might catch me out on that, but I think that's pretty neat too. Somebody that has that kind of uh, legacy, iconic figure, of course. 
Um, well, I can only imagine how you've incorporated that into your life, but I love the fact that it also came from your dad. That has a lot of meaning as well. You know, you talked about in the beginning uh, this story that may have instigated this passion you have for cars. Your dad was in the business. But is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very precisely. I remember the day. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, very young. I knew I, I was interested in mechanical things. I mean, anything from... Uh, from a clock to uh, you know to a steam train to to a car or a truck, but my life was changed one day when um, I was working at uh, the dealership. Now I started very young. I was I used to go to work with my dad. You know, maybe when I was fourteen or fifteen years old, and you know, of course, you're very impressionable at that age. And uh, and uh, I was sweeping the floors in in the front of the parts room. And this is an old dealership in Rochester, New York. I don't think it's even there anymore, but uh, it was a downtown dealership. And had a big picture window in the front. And I'm with my back to the window. I'm sweeping the floors and just going about my business. And all of a sudden, there was a shake and a rumble. And I turn around, and I see the most beautiful car I'd ever seen in my life. And it was a familiar shape, but I didn't know what it was at the time. It was, an, to find it, come to find out, it was a 1937 Ford Cabriolet. But it, it was different than the rest. It was low and mean looking. It, it hung low over the wheels and it, uh, it had, of course, that rumble. And I, I ran out. I remember running out. <laughs> the fellow that owned the car probably thought he, that some crazy kid was after him. But uh, I ran out and uh, I don't even remember what I said to him, but I, I just was like a puppy dog. And he was very kind, very kind. And he answered all my questions, probably some of them kind of goofy. He lifted the hood that day. I remember my jaw hitting the floor, and there sat a 427 medium riser Ford with dual carbs on it, dual quad carburetors on there. And I remember him telling me it had a top loader four speed and a Ford rear end. And it was just the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. So, you know, as a young kid, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of go off into that, the hot rod end of things. And, my friends were all into muscle cars, but since that day, I was into the early Fords. I loved the Fords from the V8 era, the flatheads and things like that. It was it really cha it changed me, and uh, I to this day. And, and by the way, the man's name is Steve Lafroy, and he was a wonderful guy. I never really knew him. I was kind of a you know I was young, and he was much older. But he was uh, come to find out, he was a very helpful man around town. He used to mentor. Uh, kids in town with their cars and help them with their problems and things like that. So it was it was just a, a cool thing and um, it was you know definitely a uh, a lightning bolt moment for That's me cool. in my car passion. <laughs> How cool! Now what you said you're what fourteen fifteen. So what year was this that you saw this hot rod? I, that was about nineteen seventy five seventy six. So yep. hot rods were kind of. Not as prevalent in those days, I would think, because, you know, you think of hot rods, 50s, 60s, and then muscle cars kind of came in. So that's why that car stood out, right? It, that's right. Everybody had muscle cars by then. You know, Detroit was putting out hot rods. Uh, you know, you had to build your own in the 40s and 50s. But by the late 50s and 60s and early 70s, you know, Detroit was putting out hot rods. And, and uh, you know, and I like the muscle cars and all that, but... I just uh, I just yeah. couldn't get over that 37 Ford. <laughs> I'll bet. Obviously, we're still talking about it today. So 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's, that's cool. <laughs> well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a failure. Uh, kind of take us to a time where it was kind of rough for you. But more importantly, what did you learn from that situation and how did it help you move forward in a positive way? Oh, good question. Good question. I And I had a rough patch. And uh, it was uh, post-dealership uh, days. And, uh, you know, I was kind of... Um, you know, kind of scratching around trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I was about 45 at the time. And I, I thought, well, maybe I'll get into real estate. <laughs> so I did that. I, I started into real estate and, and, you know, bought some, some homes and fixed up some homes and sold some and bought some more and was doing pretty decently, but uh, got caught out a little bit when um, the market crashed around 2008. So, you know, it was pretty rough. And I was just uh, kind of a little minnow in a shark tank, you know, so it caught me out a little bit, but uh, it definitely was a learning learning curve for me. And uh, the takeaway from it has been, basically, I found out how, you know, how tenacious I could be, you know, I, I you got to be tough sometimes. <laughs> that really, you know, I had to dig deep on that. And um, it, it forced me to really dig deep and overcome you know, some tough times. Some Well, let me ask you this, because a lot of people I've had on the show uh, got caught out, as you say, in 07, 08, 09, when the recession hit. And especially if you're leveraged in some way, like in the car market or the real estate market, which was the, the really the, the thing that started it all, that draw, brought everything down. So if you could think about what was the one thing that you were doing that helped create the challenge that you wouldn't have done again? Or what would you have done differently so that those folks listening that might be in that position now, because things will turn, they always do, might not be for a long time, or it could be tomorrow. You just don't know. Things happen in the world. What's that one big learning lesson that you took away saying, man, if I'd only done this? Yes. Well, I guess look in the rearview mirror. You know, I, I (laughs) I wasn't reading the tea leaves. And I was doing fairly well. And I was really enjoying myself. And I was charting my own course. I was, it was a creative time. I mean, we were fixing houses and, and uh, providing homes for people. And uh, I didn't, uh, I wasn't, wasn't able to read the tea leaves. I didn't keep my eye in the rearview mirror, so to speak. You know, the bus kind of, it'll catch up with you and run you over sometimes. So my advice to people is to proceed with caution. Even though things are going well, just, you know, keep an eye on things and prepare for, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, you know, that kind of thing. That's really and and when things happen, you know, like I said, you, you got to be tenacious. You got to be tough, and you'll overcome. You know, you'd be surprised what you can what you can pull out from inside. When and, it comes uh, to when it comes to real estate market, and and this is the same for people who like to buy and sell cars. Let's say, um, would it be fair to say is don't over leverage yourself. Watch your debt loads because that's what I've heard from other people that said, you know what. And especially real estate, you can be using multiple real estate ventures to support others. But if any one of those house of cards falls, the whole thing falls around it because every one of those is supporting the next thing stacked on top. Absolutely. Is is that a key message here? That's a very fair assessment. Yeah, Uh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very well put. Yeah, watch your debt load. And it's it's the same for any big business. Um, You start getting uh, lines of credit and thinking, oh, I'm flush with cash. And I mean, look what it's done to... uh, to a lot of young people with uh, borrowing way too much money to get themselves through school. And now they got to figure out a way to pay it back. They didn't kind of think about that, some of them. Yes, <laughs> 100, 100%. And I'm a big advocate of of technical schools. Um, uh, often people are ushered towards college and there's nothing wrong with college. 
You just got to make it work for you. But many people are a better fit for vocation, myself included. And uh, I've taken night courses at vocational schools, and they're wonderful. And if young people could could you know you know see a paycheck stub of some of these people, like a plumber yeah. or a machinist, oh, yeah. or uh, it's actually you know it's a wonderful way. It's a wonderful you know there are wonderful careers available, and uh, we need them. We need you know it kind of goes back you know uh, chop your own wood, it will warm you twice. Yeah, you know we need practical people that do the jobs that make you know make this country move and turn you know well, i'm glad you brought that up because uh the day we're recording this my guest today now this my show's run about three four weeks in advance is jennifer mayer and she's ceo of tech force she's also the ceo of the lemay museum and a couple other companies amazing woman and i've been involved with her uh, in addition to the rpm foundation which is a group that is trying to find and make sure that young people have technical jobs and if you think about the automotive industry if you love cars there's a lot of need for people to work on cars from old cars to new cars. And these jobs do pay really well. And you get to be doing something you love, maybe four-year degrees and some kind of goofy major that will never land you a job anywhere um, yeah. is not the right way to go. So I'm glad you, glad you brought that up. You listeners can find Jennifer's show um, on my Cars Yeah show notes page or on the website. She has her own show notes page. But I've had several people from Tech Force on the show and other parts of the industry. And another one is Lynn St. James, who's working very hard to help uh, young people get into the automotive world in a technical aspect. It's a whole nother world now. I mean, uh, the old term grease monkey does not apply. No, and, uh, if no. you watch If you watch the old Seinfeld episodes with Putty, Elaine's boyfriend, I remember a show where uh, I think it's Jerry called him a grease monkey and he said, I don't like that term. I've never seen a monkey that can. Fix a carburetor. Yeah, so uh, exactly. <laughs> I think it's a great exactly. idea. And, and and the future is so exciting in the automotive world. It with, is. With, with hybrids and oh. electrical uh, cars coming. Autonomous, just, computers, programming. Oh. Yeah, it's all there. It's, there's a lot of cool it's, stuff. The sky's the limit. And I, I just encourage young people to, to really think about that. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your very first really special vehicle. What was it? My very first really special, uh, that has to be my first car. That was very special to me. Going back to starting young in the dealership, I saved my money. And, uh, in, and in Rochester, New York, there's plenty of show to, uh, snow to shovel. There's lots of grass to cut in the summertime. And that's what I did. I was kind of short on baseball and things like that, but I, but I, I was putting away those, those coins. And when I, be, when I, uh, came of age and, and got my driver's license, I was able to purchase my first car, which was a 1971. Ford Torino. It was a 500 with a, a hard top, two door, and uh, it was nothing special, but it, but it had a V8. It was a 302 with an automatic. And uh, to me, it was like uh, the highest high. I just love that car. It uh, it was great. I went to the prom in that car and, uh, you know, went to football games in that car and, and that kind of stuff. And it was just, it was just, for me, it was um, the highest high. And uh, it was great. And the Torino. It's a cool car, too. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of a Malaysia-ish beginning of those Malays areas, you know, area of cars. But some of those you think of some of the Torinos. I mean, did yours have the black stripes on the hood? No, no. Mine was actually mint green with a white top. It was okay. vinyl at first, and I took yeah. that vinyl top off and painted it white. But So it was two-tone, and yeah. eventually I put uh, GT rims on it with wide oval tires on okay. there. Okay, there you go. I, I had uh, free-flowing exhaust. and I did a few little things that was were within my limited budget at the time. And, you know, my other friends had uh, Monte Carlos and uh, and Olds Cutlasses and things like that. And, and I, you know, I, 
I don't know if I should say this, but we did a little drag racing on the streets. <laughs> well, we won't tell lake. mom. We won't yeah. tell mom about that. No. <laughs> so we had we had a hoot of a time back then, and yeah. um, it was it was great. Yeah, fun car. How about Sellers or Morris? Is there a vehicle you've had in your life you wish you still had? Well, let's see. Not really remorse. I have more remorse about something I didn't buy. Uh, yeah, don't um, we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I there, there's quite a few cars, but you know, there's there's plenty of cars that you that you you know you fall in love with, and then you look at your your bank account and you say, well, can I justify? No, I really can't. But there was one that I could. I I I could have gotten this car, and it was within my means, and it was a wonderful little car. And some people might be scratching their head when I tell you what it is, but. I just thought this car was the greatest. It was a Crosley Supersport, which is a Crosley hotshot. Yeah. Moving doors. I believe it was a 1951. It was running and uh, it needed a little bit of body work. Maybe a little, it was a little hole uh, in the floorboard, but it was just a flat piece of steel. Maybe a little paint work, uh, some wiring cleanup, but the car was a running driving car. It was going for a reasonable price and I hemmed and hawed and came up a little late and missed it. And I just kick myself every time I think about that, especially now that I have a granddaughter. Oh, she yeah. would, she's, a, she's about to turn five years old. And I, I just think about that car and I think she would just, that would be a real conduit for her getting into the car hobby, maybe because it's a cute little, almost cartoonish looking car. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it would have been, it would have been great, but that's oh, well, the one I really have remorse about the one that got away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. we all have those stories. Well, tell me a little bit about this workshop that you're doing. Uh, kind of a retirement thing, but you're helping other hobbyists work on cars. Tell me a little bit about this garage antics you're up to. Yes. Okay. Well, that, you know, that has uh, been something that I've been kind of growing over the years. And uh, I fancy it to be sort of my, my retirement plan. You know, I, I work in the construction business now and, um, and you know, that's a little bit rough uh, sometimes and I'm getting a little older. So I kind of think about, you know, I look forward to the day where I can kind of slow down a little bit and get in that shop a little bit more. I like to work on, uh, you know, I work, I love everything. I love all old cars. And, uh, but primarily my experience is in with flathead Fords. I've been able to, you know, um, network with friends here in Florida and, and, and some others, uh, other places and things with like-minded individuals. And, uh, oftentimes somebody needs a, a motor refreshed, uh, Sometimes a hot rod engine built or a, a stock rebuild or maybe a transmission isn't shifting right or a clutch is slipping or, or a rear axle is leaking or something like that. And I've acquired a lot of the tools and, and, and a good bit of knowledge over the years where I feel like I can help some of those guys. And it's a joy for me because uh, to give you an example, I built a, uh, a flathead Ford engine for uh, a fellow that uh, – was uh, retired and and he he was building his dream car. It was his dream car was a fifty one Ford that he just like the one he had in high school. So he was recreating that and he got to the engine and he had some problems with that. And I was able to help him with with some of those issues. And when I delivered it to him, the smile on his face was from ear to ear. And when we fired it up, it was even bigger. And I, and I just I get a joy from that and. I like that. I I, I want to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? So, you figured you know, out you figured out a a secret sauce to life here that I've learned from over fourteen hundred talks here is when you're helping other people, it's really when you're happiest in life. And the fact that you can take your skill sets with these engines and help people build engines and produce engines, uh, I think you're going to find that this hobby becomes quite a fun little 
business and maybe grows into something even more than right. I, I almost you're you're exactly right, Mark. I sometimes feel like if I took the bridle off or or let the reins loose, it would probably run. But uh, I just. At this point, I'm just taking measured steps, you know, just that's uh, a smart way uh, to go. Build a yeah. build a runway before you launch that airplane. Well, you're also the field coordinator at this year's Cigar City Concord Elegance. And this week I'm promoting that event all week long. I started the week on Monday with Vic Piano, who's the founder who's who's running that show. My good friend, returning guest Joe Pep was on yesterday, uh, who is the uh Maitre D, I guess, or matron or matron. I don't think I want to call him a matron. He's the uh, he's the guy who's going to take care of things, walk around, and kind of present the show. But you're the field coordinator, so tell our listeners what does a field coordinator do, and what has you excited about this upcoming concourse, Cigar City? Well, first of all, two great guys, Vic Piano and Joe Pep, great guys, and uh, I've been friends with Vic for quite a few years, and it's an honor to to have been chosen as field coordinator. I look at field coordinator as the person that is responsible for making sure both the the participants and the spectators are having a good time and that the show presents itself well. We, we are focusing more on quality this year than quantity as far as concourse cars and also other cars uh, involved in the show. And we really want to present and, and be able to build a show that you can really appreciate the breadth of vehicles participating in the event. Also, you know, there's other uh, amenities around that, that will be useful for some people and, and I think enjoyable for all people of all walks of life. But um, I, I just feel like uh, to round it out, I just uh, I feel like the focus uh, this year is is really on the quality of uh, cars participating and, and uh, the satisfaction of the in- individuals, both both uh, coming in to enjoy the vehicles and um and also the, the the people that are participating in the show itself. That's that's my priority one. Well, good. Well, I think it's going to be a, a great event, and you listeners out there can go and check out the website, CigarCityConcord.com. You can see and learn everything about it. If you missed my show with Vic, go back and listen. He talks in depth about cars that are coming and what people can expect and the amenities. Uh, this year's event, which is in a new venue than last year, this is their second year, uh, is going to be even better than last year, I'm confident. Michael, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Michael, we are back. And I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, what would Michael be and why? If I was a car, hmm. I think I would have to say, Mark, that uh, I'd probably have to put that in maybe three cars because okay. I-, I was a different person in I probably would fancy myself as a Mustang when I was younger, you know, <laughs> running around all all full of myself and all that. And uh, later on in life, I, I think I became a pickup truck, maybe an F-150, uh, because, you know, I had to get down to work and, and make sure there was food on the table. And uh, in the future, I kind of want to head towards maybe Mazda Miata, you know, maybe a little sportier or have a little more fun, top down, smile on the face, <laughs> there you go. enjoy life a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess go. that's the way to put it. Well, that's a very interesting answer. You kind of went from your loyal Ford mark though to Mazda, but I know why you did it. Uh, yeah. The Miata is fun uh, out there. Um, you know what? And life is fleeting. Uh, go out and have some fun, you know, put the top down and enjoy yourself. Uh, don't feel like you've got to be the same throughout your whole life. Be daring. Do something Absolutely. Different. All right. Well, I'm going to fire off a series of questions for you and have you give a quick blip of that Miata throttle with some short and sweet answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? If you're interested in doing a vehicle project, start with the best vehicle you can afford from the beginning. Don't shortchange yourself. For a lot of people say, find when someone else spent a fortune restoring and then yes, pay for the yeah, pennies that, on the that, dollars. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, unless you have a lot of money. Try to get the best vehicle you can afford at first, and then you have a, a much greater success trajectory for, with, from that. Absolutely. Now, how about a personal habit of yours you think has contributed to your successes over the years? Well, you got to stick to it. You got to stick with it. Um, whether you're working on an automobile or your business or something at the house or on your marriage or anything like that, you got to stick to it. And, and it can get frustrating sometimes. Sometimes you have to walk away. Just keep moving forward. Keep pedaling or keep swimming and stick to it. That's my best ad- yeah. That's my best advice, I'd say. Persistence, tenacity. Yeah, absolutely. How about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share that you find really uh, helpful? Well, for me, and, and not to not to beat the Ford banner too often, but but anybody that's interested in flathead Fords, I I enjoy uh, going on the Ford Barn, which is a uh, an internet forum that is very helpful. They have uh, you know a forum for Model T guys, Model A, early V8, and late V8. They have uh, classified ads and things like that. It's been a, a invaluable resource for me over the years. So that's called the Ford Barn Forum, right? The Ford Barn Forum, correct. Yeah, there you go. Now, if I can arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? 
So many. (laughs) But um, if I had to nail it down, I actually got to talk to one of my heroes, Barney Navarro. Uh, I was um, speaking with him about a camshaft one time, and I asked a few questions, and it was like I opened up Pandora's box. There was so much information flowing from him. He was one of my heroes, and I was humbled to even be in in a conversation with him. But for somebody that that maybe I regret maybe not having having talked to and, and not able to now is is uh, E.T. Bob Gregory. He was Edsel Ford's stylist through the uh, through the 30s and, and early 40s. And I understand he moved to Jacksonville, Florida in his retirement years. And uh, I knew that. And um, I always said, you know, one of these days I got to look him up and, and I'm just going to knock on his door and see if he'll talk and just tell me stories. You know, these are these are the stories that I was talking about that people really thirst for. And, and to hear firsthand uh, information from someone like that would have been, oh, yeah. just priceless. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and you think about Barney Navarro. I mean, he was kind of a founding father of hot rodding and engineering as expertise and milling machines and, and parts for flathead V8s. I mean, the guy was just uh, the guy, you know, so he was he and he was very forthright with his knowledge. And he wasn't just a flathead. He he ran at Indy. And uh, he as far as I know, he did some other uh, non automotive things. And he was just a brilliant engineer, the likes of which you see one in a million probably. Yeah, absolutely. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share? Yes. My favorite book out there that I don't have, and I and I collect books, but uh, one that's on my list is called Marvelous Mechanical Designs of Harry Miller. Harry Miller, and this book is written by Gordon Elliott White, by the way, but Harry Miller was, uh, you, you may know Mark, but it was uh, an engine designer and an automobile designer in the first part of the uh, 20th century, and he was what I call the uh, American Ettore Bugatti. Um, he was just a fantastic uh, automobile talent. His idea of, of building something was it had to be beautiful and functional. If you ever get a, a chance, if, if our listeners ever get a chance to look at some of Harry Miller's work, you'll see what I mean. Uh, there is nothing that isn't uh, isn't uh, thought about and touched by you know his uh, his talent. His cars, uh, race cars in particular, uh, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, I know that he was kind of thought of as one of the greatest creative figures in the history of America, American racing cars. And I got to spend a few days with two Miller cars uh, in a photo shoot years ago. Um, beautifully restored race cars, got to climb around, look at them. And when you think about Bugatti and Miller, I, I, and I've been around Bugattis as well, you can see why people say that because when you look at his engines they're so clean and simple and just jewel like like Bugatti right. um yeah that and that's a now that book I would assume is probably way out of print now is that why you don't have it is it hard to find yeah it was very hard to find i had my hands on one um at one time and uh i didn't get it and uh, it went out of print but is it is in reprint as far as I know, oh, and okay. uh, it's it's what's one that's on my Christmas list this year. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hope your wife's listening. So I'm looking for forward sure. to that. Yeah. All right, Michael. We are up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a car today, a very cool collector car of your choice. Doesn't matter where it is or who owns it. I'm going to park it in your garage. But you've got to abide by my rules, and one of those is it's the only collector car you can have. Also, I want it to be a driver. I want you to enjoy it. So no garage queens allowed. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of uh, Harry Miller race cars or anything like that. <laughs> you got to live with this car. So what's it going to be? That's a good question because there's so many. And uh, 
but I'd have to I'd have to go back to my my default uh, car, which would be the 1936 Ford Roadster. I am absolutely in awe of those cars. I I was I sat in one last week, as a matter of fact, while we attended the New York City Concours in on Pier 17 in New York last week. And uh, oh, that's just a wonderful. It's just a beautiful car from any angle. There is no place you look on that car that 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 isn't uh pretty it's just a pretty car and they run good and they they're sporty and um you know you get the open air feeling being a roadster and it's just an excellent vehicle now would you like one this stock or i've seen some of those where the top is chopped and they are stunning well no my hot rod days are probably in the rear view mirror as well (laughs) i uh I, I do like uh, dual exhaust on a flathead. You, you know that's uh-huh. that's my sound system. But yeah. but on a uh, on a car like that, I I prefer very close to original. Okay, you know. well we could do that absolutely. I remember uh, years ago seeing a car Jesse James who uh, you know started kind of the uh, uh, TV show era of live TV and uh, reality TV. I should be. He has a a thirty six. It's a custom. Car is purple, I think, if I remember right, and it's yeah crazy, yeah, chopped down and everything. But uh, I kind of like stock cars as well, you know, cars that uh, are as they were originally designed. So uh, yeah, I'll get to work on that. Would you like a specific color? Uh, Washington blue, blue. All right, <laughs> very nice. Ford always made great blues. Michael, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed talking with you. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. I'm looking forward to. The time you're going to get to spend out on the field at the Cigar City Concourse coming up here very soon. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 36 rows? Well, I guess, you know, as far as this uh, passion for automobiles, you know, no matter how you choose to be involved or what level you can be involved, be involved and, and, and realize, and I, and, I, and I hope everybody does, is that it's really the people in the stories that are the important part. The metal, glass, and rubber is secondary. The older you get, I guess, maybe I'm at that point now, I realize that more and more. It's the people that I've met along the way. That's the most memorable and the most the greatest part about yeah, this. Absolutely. Time. Now, with your uh, your hobby business here, do you have a website for that you'd like to share, or are you not at that point yet? No, I'm not at that point, but if anybody's interested, uh, they can email me. My first initial M and last name Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, the number 41 at gmail.com. There you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Michael's show notes page. Also, make sure you check out the CigarCityConcord.com website. That event is coming up here very soon. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, if you're lucky enough to attend that event, make sure you say hello to Michael and say, hey, I heard you on Cars Yes coming up November 9th and 10th at the Tampa Bay Downs Horse Racing Track. Should be a fantastic venue. Listeners, I'll remind you, you can find everything Michael shared on his show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Cigar City Concours d'Elegance. Looking forward to it. All right. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!